T T B. Music podcast. Whoa, podcast three. Must mean we're almost halfway through the year. <laughs> oh, God, I wasn't going to say it, but, but there you go. What a way to kick off. Who would thought we were aiming for six podcasts this year rather than oh, usual 12? Usual 12. Ah, sod that. We'll just lose <laughs> half the amount this year. It oh. saves on the disappointment. Well, maybe. We'll make up for it later. Promise. In the summer, when there's nothing to do apart from sit in a small cramped room with no air. At least it's cooler now. Yeah, I probably should have opened the window, but never mind. You probably should have done. Never mind. Anyway, we are back after how many weeks? Actually, it's not been months. that long. No, there was a longer period between the first two, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. So, up this evening, we have the Manic Street Preacher's Resistance is Futile, Mary Chapin Carpenter, Sometimes Just the Sky, Eons the Deconstruction, Juliana Hatfield okay. sings Olivia Newton-John, and which is quite literally what it sounds like. Uh, Shaggy and Sting, 44876, and Casey Musgraves, Golden Hour. So, we all start uh, with the Manic Street Preachers. Uh, I think we have reviewed at least one Manic album before, seems to recall. So, is Resistance futile? It's going to be another one of those reviews, isn't it, where I sort of say things about the Manic Street Preachers and then wait a few years and then say the same things. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the reasons why I didn't go and look at our, pre- <laughs> our previous one, because I was, I was worried that I might have written some, some of the notes I may have made, I mean, might, made have, might have been repeated of what I said last time. It's, um, it, I wonder which album you were going to kick off with, actually. Um, I did toy with uh, I, I can, The I, Running Order. Yes, I can, t- I can tell. I can tell you've toyed. Uh, but it's probably good to get this one out of the way. Okay, let's, let's, uh, this is a good album. Um, I actually like it. I think it's a good Manic Street Preachers album overall. Um, again, it'll probably go one, in one ear and out the other. I don't think it's going to last with me, if that makes sense. Yes. Um, certainly the last album reviewed, however many years ago that was, I probably had a very similar listening experience. That is to say, I put the album on, really enjoyed it, took the album off. Can't really Never listen to it again. Never listen to it again. Can't really recall much of what happened in the intervening 46 minutes and 9 seconds. Um, but that having said, you know, it's it's got all the classic Manix tropes. If you're a Manix fan, you've got your uh, you've got your socialist poetry in there. Yeah. Yeah. You've got your uh, duet with a female songstress. Yeah, I'm not sure that is actually. I mean, I meant to look that it up. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got your um, you've got your uh, song dedicated to a photographer. This is true. <laughs> I'd never thought about that. Although I did think about it. I did think about it earlier on. This, I listened to this album this morning on the way to work for for whatever it was, the third yeah. third, third listen, and the thing where got the camera shutter thing going on. I actually I thought, <laughs> oh, before. it's Kevin again. It's about the third time they've done that. Um, so, so as I say, something for all the Mannix family. <laughs> um, no, no, it's it's it, yeah, it's an. It's a, it's an enjoyable album. Um, don't get me wrong. I, I'm I'm being cynical. Um, I really enjoyed. Um, I really enjoyed the opening couple of tracks. Uh, I liked Vivian, the photographer song. 
<laughs> and uh, and and a song for sadness. Uh, what's the other one that was in there? Uh, something about an island. They often sing about islands as well. They do. Uh, yeah, uh, I also enjoyed that. So so overall, a solid Manix album. Uh, one for the fans. Can't imagine it'll attract too many new listeners, but the odd bloke watching late night jewels might enjoy it. Yeah, I I, I probably enjoyed it less. Um, I mean, it's, it's just that it, it is. As soon as it starts, you know where you're getting because it's because it's that uh, whole Manix strings orchestration thing kicking in um as heard on quite literally every manix album barring the first two or three yeah mm. um wasn't much strings on them um, holy bible no no yes yeah, so i think it kind of started with the design for life really it's where it's where it's where, the, where this orchestration string yeah, stuff started it's never left, it's never left <laughs> and i have to confess it's starting to wear on me mm. no um and because of that, um, meant the album as a whole left me with a bit of a manix by numbers feeling. Yeah. Um, partly summed up in what you said, actually, even though you liked clearly liked it more than I did. Um, which I'll say is not to say that there aren't decent songs on there. I like I like International Blue and um, yeah. uh, Distant Colours yeah. particularly. Uh, and Dylan and Caitlin, I like I like the verse. Not so not so keen on the chorus, um, but it may well be a grower. Um, the other thing that's actually amused me, um, they seem to have discovered woes. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah. Yeah. Hold steady woes. Hold steady woes. Bon Jovi woes. Because suddenly they've been clearly been listening to a lot of own Bon Jovi records or something. Because yeah. suddenly there's woes all over the place yeah. and. The Manics don't really do woes. I'm no. sorry. It's 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 uh, woeful. Hey, British. <laughs> Bad pun of the podcast out of the way Good. early. Um, Glad we got that out of the way. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, ultimately, uh, I think we're the same in the fact that we probably won't listen to this record again. Um, but you seem to have enjoyed it more as a experience that you won't listen to again. As I was thinking. <laughs> Apart from hearing these, these songs on the radio every now and again, because International Blues was a single, stuff like that, and it coming on, me thinking it's fine. It's a fine line. I'm not going to be. And this, on the bright side, it did make me listen to the first two albums again. It, it always does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you say that every time. Yeah. Well, Generation Terrace and Gold Against the Soul are both still are both still hold up very well. It has to be said. Do you know what? If if they re-release one of those albums, I'd buy it tomorrow. <laughs> Well, I'm sure there's a, there's a remaster oh, sure there opportunity just around the corner. Do you know, it's 20 years since the follow-up to a design for life as well. Yeah, this that was crap. Truth, you know, yeah. yeah. This is us disappearing upon our ass. Yeah, that's what it's set in, really, isn't it? Yeah. 20 years we've been doing this. 20 yeah. years. If you tolerate this, we'll carry on making we'll records for another 20 for years. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of old songs, mm. uh, the next album... Uh, it's Mary Jamie Carpenter, and uh, again, we've reviewed one of her albums before. I think one of her albums before. In fact, the, the second track off this album appeared on that record. Um, this new album is a new album and an old album all in one. It's more than just the sky, and it's essentially a, her re-recording 12 of her own songs, uh, one track each from 
previous studio recordings, plus a new track, the title track, which tops off the album. Oh, yeah. Um, and apparently the process of this was she just gave the band the songs and just did brief acoustic versions of them, and then they built them up from there as opposed to them listening to the original studio studio works. Um, and it's an interesting effect because the, the, the tracks are out of order in... So they're not kind of chronological. So, which is interesting because the album doesn't feel like a collection of songs from different time frames. It does, to me, hold together as an album that sounds like it was all written and recorded at the same time. Um, as a fan, it also uh, she's just chosen to re-record a couple of uh, my favourite songs of hers from her back catalogue. Um, I have a need for solitude. Uh, Naked to the Eye, The Calling, and in particular The Moon and St Christopher, which has always been one of my favourite songs of all time. Yeah. But ironically, I've always liked it as a live live song. I'd always didn't totally like the original recorded version of it. This version on here does with it what she'd done live, which actually gets to the heart of the, the song. Very much a more folky, leaning sound as opposed to uh, the country sound that certainly a lot of these songs had in their original format although ironically um, the song Naked to the Eye was actually quite a poppy song originally and on this album it takes on a more country inflected uh, sound the one new track sometimes just the sky at the end I think is a really good song really good song fits in quite nicely um overall i think it's that song if you're already a fan of manchester carpenters and you're familiar with some of these songs i think you're gonna like the album if you're not i think if you just heard it some of the, either songs individually or the album for the fir first first time i think it would actually be quite a good introduction to um the her oeuvre if you like and why i also like it is because particularly on the older material, that you have, you have that joy of hearing somebody who's kind of 20, 30 years on from when some of these songs were originally recorded and you've got that change of voice that you always get in artists as they yeah. uh, get older and particularly with, with her, her vo uh, the vocal tone has got certainly got kind of deeper and warmer and has that kind of mellifluous kind of quality to it. So, thumbs up for me. Mm. Yeah, I have to say... Um listening to your review actually has <laughs> sort of brought a few things into perspective um this is a it's a very good solid record um and i mean that in the nicest way uh it's a, a very there's a, it's a, a real album of craft a real sort of heartfelt record and and thinking about how the songs have come together uh, it's an interesting approach to take to actually just just strip it all back and then and build them back up again because mm. it gives the album a uniformity that you don't often get with say a greatest hits yes you know even if you get a, a live band in to re-record your greatest hits you don't get that that sort of uniformity that, that this album clearly has um it's musically i found it very gentle for the most part it is very gentle yes. very gentle very low very soft sort of prodding uh, album um but uh, again, as we, as with all the songs, I think we've reviewed one of our albums before. Lyrically, very sharp. Yes. 
Um, very, very interesting. I like the song The Moon and St. Christopher. Um, I prefer the song um, This Shirt. This Shirt's a great song. Yeah, it's a great song. And it, again, great, sort of really. <laughs> I can't decide, is it? Is it? It's, it's either an allegory or it's actually a literal shirt. Uh, but it works both ways. <laughs> it does work both ways, yes. Um, and it's a, it's a really good sort of story of a life lived and lived in, um, which is you know one of her strengths um, as a songwriter. So yeah, no, I really I really enjoyed this as well. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's. that's okay, speaking that's, of that's people that are known for for uh, strip that back and re-record it. You know, songwriting, yeah. uh, we have. Marquis with uh, oh. Eels. Yes. And the umpteenth album from. Umpteenth album from Eels. Yes, the deconstruction. Well, their first album, I think, for about uh, four, four or five years. That's wild because um, I was trying to think back. We've again we've reviewed their albums before. They, he did that trilogy. Yes. Of sort of vaguely connected albums over a couple of years. Yeah, the last, the last wasn't the last one called the reinvention of yeah. Mark Everett uh, or whatever. Yeah. It is. yeah. Whatever. We're not reviewing those, so... No, no, we're reviewing this one. We're reviewing the Deconstruction. The re Deconstruction. Deconstruct, Pete. Deconstruct. I really like this album. Yeah? Yeah. Um, I thought it was a great album. Got it. No. <laughs> that deconstructed my review. See how I did that? Uh, you've got to put the rest of the pieces together in your own imagination. Uh, no, I'm... This harks back to classic Eels territory. Uh, as I say, we've had a few experiments over the years. We have um, indeed. Without ever losing track of what, what a, a solid Eels album looks like. But this this actually is, it, it harks back to some of the earlier Eels records, to some of the really enjoyable Eels records. Um, and we often sort of, you know, make this point of, of moving forward and sort of evolving. But actually, there's something quite nice about this, putting this on and it sounding the same. Which goes completely against what I said a few minutes ago about the Manuscript Preachers. I appreciate. <laughs> if you go, if you re-listen to any of our podcasts... No, do. Yeah, do. Go and listen to do, our podcast. Do. Um, we do with that a lot. But I think that's like most reviewers. You kind of criticise something for... But yeah. we're, we're well known for saying, yeah, people should change, not people the same thing, get, same and thing again. People... And then and then when they do, we're going to go, that's not very good. They that's should not just, very good. That's right. They should just yeah. say how it was. Yeah. Well, this, is, this has gone back to how it used to be. Um, and, and, the, and I think as a result, I don't know, you know, taking that break for a few years and not recording anything, I feel that some of the passion for the songwriting has come back in. Um, I'm not going to unusually i'm not going to pick out any particular tracks from this one because for me it was a delightful uh listen all the way through but just for you scott as a as a as a as a nod and a joke i will point out track two does sound like the potential bond theme and it had a very sort of bondian chord change in there which uh being only track two of the album immediately pricked up my ears i was like oh yes bone dry yeah uh, one of my favourite tracks on the album. There you go. Yes, yeah, it, it has to be said. Um, again, a bit like the Manic, Manic Sport. Manic, Manic, Manic Sport. I didn't like this as much as you did, um, which is not to say that I didn't like it. Mm. Um, I'm, although I'm still undecided, ultimately, which way I go. I agree with what you what you were saying about it. That it has that uh, familiarity of, of of some of those older Eels records, certainly in the the kind of drum and bass lines. Mm. Uh, it's not drum and bass lines, it's drum <laughs> <right> and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Drum and bass, yeah. Yeah. The drum. 
and bass lines, yeah. uh, which drive the record. And then you get the kind of the quirky orchestration and bits of guitar coming in that are kind of adding um, texture and variation, I guess, to um, that key sound. Um, and the good thing, and also the bad thing for me, is that key sound kind of runs through the whole album, um, which means that certainly in the mid part of the album for me everything just kind of blurred into one mm. um so the album started off really good with the deconstruction bone dryer and the quandary in just going into start of premonition and then for me in all three listens that i did do it i kind of lost the album a bit and then it was only roundabout um Archie Goodnight at the Unanswerable and in our cathedral at the end where I was suddenly kind of like, oh, I'm back. Yeah. Uh, and I was back gripped again. Yeah. Um, and that might just be because I still haven't given it enough time or it might just be because for whatever reason that bit of the album is still going to work for me. I have no idea. Um, but the first half, of the, the first bit of the album and the last bit of the album have, are, are already good enough to make me know that it will be an album that I... That, I don't abandon at this point of the year and it will be um, played again so it will have time for those middle bits to absolutely grab me yeah I think this is the first album of this particular podcast I, I will I do feel I will return to as the year progresses there you go there you go I haven't said that much this year so far new indeed uh, right uh, let's change direction um, yeah this really is a change of direction. This, this, this is where we hit the this is where we hit the weird bit of the podcast. The weird podcast it starts yeah, here. Yeah. <laughs> First up, Juliana Hatfield, whose uh, last album we reviewed uh, last year, in fact, um, uh, and that was very brutally. Oh God, that was lyrically yeah, uh, that and was raw. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, good record. Both of yeah, awesome. them. Um, decided to go for a slightly lighter. <laughs> Thing this time around, yeah. and do a album of covers of songs made famous by Olivia Newton-John. Um, an interesting idea. Um, clearly, a um, a work of love and appreciation for mm. ONJ. Uh, one I can appreciate greatly because uh, uh, I did have a poster of Olivia Newton-John. Uh, above my bed when I was nine years old. Uh, I was madly in love with Olivia Newton-John. Even though the gym will fix it. Lucky escape there. Um, anyway, moving on. Um, so, I was also a fan of Olivia Newton-John. Yeah. So, so I was a fan of Olivia Newton-John from mid-70s to mid-80s. So, I own several albums so I was already quite familiar myself with most of these uh, songs that Hatfield has taken on. Um, it's a fairly straight covers thing. It's just pretty much tries to ape the original delivery style, although obviously her vocal style differs from Olivia Newton-John's. If I'm honest, I would have perhaps preferred for, for at least a couple of the songs to be a bit more inventive and different as covers, rather than just sticking with the original... Uh, Styly. Um, however, that said, always loved the song a little, a little more love. Always loved physical. Mm. 
Always loved Hopelessly Devoted to You, Xanadu. Um, and it sounds great to me, those yeah. songs, so fairly happy. Yeah. And also, I'd forgotten how good um, Have You Never Been Mellow was. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I should say, most of these songs were originally written by uh, John Farrer, who was uh, a member of The Shadows. The Farrer songs... Start that again. The Farrer songs on this album are probably some of the, the strongest, uh, it has to be said. And um, what is quite... Okay, what is quite nice about this album is there's a, there is a real sense of love for Olivia Newton-John from Juliana Hatfield running through it. Yeah. Um, you know, this this is a labour of love. This is a... This is... Um, I've released a brutally, brutal, raw solo album of my own uh, and now I'm just going to go back into the studio and do something fun. Yes. It's like a palate cleanser. It's Let's brilliant. do something light. Let's do something light by comparison. Um... Hey, what about that Olivia Newton-John? I've always liked, um, you know, and and actually because 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 it doesn't drift too far from the original template of the songs, other than obviously her style, um, it, it it sounds bizarrely quite fresh. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, it's an album of covers, and you hear the covers, but actually it sounds it it sounds quite it does sound quite fresh, and maybe I wondered if it's because you know x amount of time has passed from the originals olivia newton john these days let's be honest um her out her records aren't played regularly very true <laughs> anywhere um so i wonder if that affords some artistic license over over the nostalgia trip but but because of that it does then sound like a, a fairly fresh album of pop songs yeah which which is nice um so, so I actually really I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to, because when I saw obviously the the album title Juliana Hetfield sings Living New John, I thought, my goodness, <laughs> it's got like crazy disco sleeve as well. It does have that silhouette of the two artists stood next to each other, which is which is really nice. Um, so as I say, really enjoyed this. Fans of Juliana Hetfield, not sure how they will feel. Um, however, yeah. I th I suspect the fans of Olivia New John has as has just been proved by yourself. I'll probably really like this. I concur. Yeah. So moving on to the second um, bit of our weirdness, uh, and you'll be doing half a review of this apparently, I will. and I'll be doing the other half of the review. Um, so uh, we have uh, the uh, the album that uh, no one was calling for, <laughs> uh, Shaggy and the Sting together at last uh, with forty four eight seven six. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Um, so I suppose, Pete, I'll hand over to you. I'll hand over to you by saying let me just, uh, let me just, it does what it says in the tin, really, it isn't does. it? Uh, and with a Metacritic rating of 49, um, you know where this is headed. Um, so compared to the previous album we just reviewed, um, here are two artists smashed together <laughs> in, 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 in something of a... I, mean, I don't want to say car crash, but look, Sting's... The last album that we reviewed by Sting, um, the ship, the ship, the rather excellent, yeah, ship. yeah. He 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 took a labour of love. He did a ridiculous northeast accent that sounded ridiculous even coming from a Geordie, and 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 crafted this absolutely brilliant album of folk songs from a shipyard. Why I, yeah, and he even had a good old Jimmy Nail on there as well. 
Jimmy Dale, Bron Johnson from ACDC. Yeah, it was just there. tough. They're all there. And it, it sounded like a really good laugh. Um, he's just he's, he's trying to do the same thing with um, Shaggy, of all people. Yeah. Um, and I, I beggar's belief, this was the album that nobody was asking for or nobody wanted. And I can't even believe that these two artists sort of came together. I, I'm yeah. trying to think, what, what warped bet did they have in the bar when they decided to record this? Yeah, they apparently they met, met, year, met years ago, got on really well, and then bumped into each other again. And then I'm still not sure how the conversation came about of, hey, do you want to make an album? But... Exactly. Um, I, I mean, the opening track alone, it just sounds like a cry for help. <laughs> well, well, they, they do that whole thanking each other thing. Yeah. Hey, Shaggy, it's hey, Sting. Like, they no, not the call out shit. No, no there's all this calling out shit and 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 sort of silliness. Um, uh, uh, thankfully, if you can get past track one, <laughs> no, yes, I hold hold the review. If you can get past track one, things rem improve remarkably. But, but no, they do. To but, be fair, but but it's a very low starting point. Yes. Um, I have to say, track four, Gotta Get My ba Back My Baby. One, I, of, the, one of the highlights on the album. I actually really enjoyed. It is one of the highlights on the album. I enjoyed that track. So, so it is, it, what's frustrating is, you throw Shaggy and Sting, Sting, Sting into the same studio, and you get a couple of tracks that actually do work. And you think, my goodness, the, the man's a genius. The men are geniuses. Um, you know, they can actually work, and they are artists, and they can collaborate, and they can produce something that sounds really, really good. Uh, momentarily, ah, but the rest of this was just poor, um, and I'll be honest with you, I gave up after half It. <laughs> I have listened to it all, <laughs> only twice. I twice. I did it twice. I, I didn't manage to get the third listen in. I got through it twice. Mm -hmm. um, it does do what it says in the tin, and it's you know, in a in a way, you can kind of understand the the, the thinking behind it because you know you have to go back to, if you go back to the early days of the police with Roxanne and stuff like that. The, Police and Sting particularly were heavily influenced yeah, by the whole reggae scene, so that's okay. so clearly he has I that love. Yeah. has that love. love. Yeah. So you can see that, um, and they've come at this all guns blazing, thrown it, thrown themselves into it wholeheartedly. It has to be said, um, but for me, generally speaking, it doesn't work for the most part. Partly because that kind of middling kind of reggae type pop thing it's never been a big thing for me um but you are right got to get back my baby um in fact the song before as well waiting for the break of day yeah it's, it's not too bad the single don't make me wait so you've got three songs in a row there that, that are all perfectly fine and there's a couple of tracks later on in the album um i'm trying to remember which ones they are i think it's sad trombone second last track and there's another one, but I can't remember which one it was. Didn't make a note of it. Equally fine. But then there's some kind of sub UB40 type tosh sub, in there. Sub. Um, sub. I know, sub UB40. <laughs> and it's. Oh, yeah. The, uh, Pete's just showing me the picture of the cover of the album with the two gentlemen astride motorcycles. Try to look a tough. Yeah. Um. <laughs> They're about to go out and tour together, so... No! Yeah, so you will be able to see Sting doing Mr. Lover Lover. Oh. Uh, and other things. Get those tickets uh, booked now. <laughs> That'd probably be good for a laugh, though, wouldn't it? 
it, it would certainly be interesting. I, I, I feel it safe to say yeah. it would be an interesting experience. Yeah. Um, I may pass all the same, but you know. So we're moving to move towards the end, and the third uh, or seventh, depending on how you want to count them. Um, <laughs> third, as far as we can because we must make that joke every time. Yeah, I know. Album from Casey Musgraves, oh, Golden dear. Hour. Um, together. People remember that pageant material uh, was uh, ranked f fourth in our 2015 list of albums, um, beaten only by Jason Isbell, Something More Than Me, Natalie Prass's debut album, and of course Susan Sundfall's Ten Love Songs. Oh, okay, that's fine. Okay. Yeah. I was wondering why it was so low at four. Yeah. yeah. And uh, her, her debut album, as we're going to call it, even though it's whatever, uh, same trailer, different park, came second in 2013, only beaten by John Grant's Pale Green oh, Ghosts. Again, again. Uh, and as an album that caused our very own Pete to say, it's very rare you get an album that changes your taste in music. So that's what we're talking about with Mr. Musgraves. We're talking about somebody that was basically Pete's gateway drug into uh, <laughs> the world of country music. And as you know, if you've been a regular listen, listen, regular listener, we've liked we've liked quite a few country records oh. since that first hollowed album. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I suppose the big question is: what, if you're listening, you're probably thinking, can Casey keep up the CTTV love? Um, <laughs> I can only say from my side of the room, absolutely, yes, she can. Um, before the album came out, people were going, oh, Casey's going pop, blah, 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 blah. There's no, this is some vocoder on it. There's a disco song, blah, de, blah, de, blah, de, blah. Um, yeah, but no. Um, this is still very much a country record. It's just she's decided not to limit herself to genre really uh, the new co-writers and producers have for me expanded rather than abandoned the canvas set up by the previous two records mm. and yes oh what a world does kick off with some vocoder and high horse is a slice of disco um, but neither to me feels misplaced in the context of the record and let's face it dolly was angling out disco tunes decades ago so it's nothing new in that sense however leaving that aside what you get is a damn fine record. Starting with Slow Burn, which literally is a slow burn opener, with a beautiful line of born in a hurry, always late, haven't been early since 88. Um, perfect slice of kind of country, acoustic, acoustic music, followed by uh, Fleetwood Mackish, Lonely Weekend, and then into Butterflies, which we actually saw her play live last time we saw her. Um, and from that point on, I was just, yeah, okay, I'm in. It's great. And from there, I was sucked in, happy as Larry, got to the end, went back to the start, put it on again, and I thought, yeah, this works, definitely works. We're moving forward, progressing as an artist, I'm not staying still, but we're not throwing baby out with the bathwater, we're not going to go, oh, I'm going to become Taylor Swift and kind of get rappers on and and kind of just go what's that right said fred song i could cover um <laughs> dinky dippy <laughs> yeah you could argue you could argue that some of the sass and um cutting lyrical insight that 
was prevalent in the first two albums has gone to a certain extent. But then again, she's at a different point in her life and she's talking about different things. She's recently got married and this album does reflect the breakup of her previous relationship and the starting, starting of this one. Um, and if you want great lyrics, just listen to the lyrics of Space Cowboy, which I think are mm. uh, genius. You know, just in the uh, the pun that's in the title itself and is is good enough for me on that one. Um, and I think what you eventually get is a really strong set of songs delivered with charm and a likability that you just can't buy. And I think this is the album where Musgraves will become a household name. Mm. That's all I have to say. Agree. Uh, agree with every word. Um, if I was going to, because I feel I should now, play Devil's Advocate, uh, which would make a great title for a Casey Musgraves song, I think. Yes. Um, I would say that, 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 that obviously the pacing is much slower uh, on this album. I'm, I'm not convinced it does have the pop ability that everyone's saying. Um, and I like that. I like the fact that, that it isn't a rip-roaring, commercially sounding album. Um, it, it, is, it is more mellow. Yes. Absolutely right. Um, it lacks some of the sass. And I, I must say, I, I, I like previous Casey albums because of the sass. So I feel, I feel that, that that's missing. But it makes up for it elsewhere. And it makes up for it elsewhere with tracks like Space Cowboy. Um, with the disco on High Horse. Yeah. Um, and with a few other references scattered uh, throughout the album to, to various um, various uh, things that she's been going through or writing around or writing about, um, and it's sort of, so it kind of you kind of it's a trade. It's a trade. You lose something of the first couple of albums that that we're counting as first couple of albums, um, but but you get something else that's more, which I think will be more rewarding in time. Yes. Uh, so that that's so as I say, playing devil's advocate, uh, the uh, eighth album by Casey Musgrave. Um, <laughs> you heard it here first. Um, uh, that I would I would say that, but but actually, actually um, this is a, this is very much a progression, and um, yeah, one hopes it does sort of make her a household name. Not little part of me, not so sure, but yeah, but but yeah, fully deserved nevertheless. It's certainly been a best-selling album already. Has it now? Yeah, really. Yeah. There you go. Even, scene, e folks. even in the U of K. In the even in the U of K. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, that's great. Right. So that's it for now. Obviously some of you are probably thinking What's our favourite record? Weren't well, apart from that, we've been thinking, weren't we promised some plan B or something in this podcast? Again? Yeah, but he his album didn't come out in time, so sorry. So we resorted to Plan C. Yeah. That's why Shagging Sting had to be bumped up the running order. Oh, Plan B. <laughs> we might get to Plan B next podcast, or we might not. Who knows? Um, possibly smash in Monroe as well. It's been more, more country. Yeah. Uh, new latest album out. And also, um, Natalie Prass's new album is meant to be due out uh, imminently as well. So awesome. maybe some Prass yeah. action as well. Although I think she has gone a bit disco. Ah, Prass has gone disco. Mm. Interesting. Um, but yes, so that important question that obviously I had overlooked, Peter, you right said, we normally... I think we all know the answer, but yeah, go on. Let's work through it. Manic Street Preachers, <laughs> Resistance is Futile, is not my 
Uh, yes, yeah. it's clearly for me Casey Musgraves. Um, with an honourable mention to Mary Chapin Carpenter and a half honourable mention to Eels. My honourable mention goes to Eels. So I'll throw that in there. Yeah. So, until next time. July, probably. Um, <laughs> Hopefully sooner. <laughs> See you then. Yeah, we'll be reading about ten albums then. It'll be fine. It'll be a long podcast. <laughs> like the good old days. <laughs>